Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Today, we're going to talk about the beauty of marriage. We're going to talk about how that marriage was God's idea, how that this was something that God actually came up with. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through 25, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And all the women said, That's right. Amen. Men cannot take care of themselves. It's not good for them to be alone, right? Some of you heard this before, but I'll say it again since it's in this series and it's going to go on tape. All right? I'm walking through the bedroom one day. Donna says, are those your underwear in the floor? I said, they better be or we have something else to talk about. (laughs) TMI, too much information. It's not good for a man to be alone. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmate for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept... And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. I just want to warn you in the very beginning here that much of what I'm getting ready to teach you is biblically accurate and politically incorrect. Come on, say, Pastor, going to teach us the truth. Tell your neighbor. Biblically accurate, politically incorrect. The reason is because the Word of God is under fire in our culture today, isn't it? There are people challenging the Word of God. They're challenging the authenticity of God's Word. Now, in creation, in 1 Corinthians, and I'll, I'll ask um, Steve to put this up here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 8 through 9, I want you to look at this passage of Scripture here. In creation, the woman was created for the man. Now, everybody say, in creation. The woman was created for the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Now look at verse number 9. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. And so that's how it was in creation. And so a lot of people just stop there and they say, Well, okay. You were created for me, so you come my way, and we'll do it my way. That's the attitude of a lot of men. All they need to do is just read down verse 10, 11, and 12. Under the new covenant, two verses down, the scripture addresses it a little differently, and the key to understanding is found in a phrase found in those scriptures. Let's read verses 11 and verse number 12. Verse 11. 
Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. Verse 12, For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things are of God. So in creation, the woman was created for man, but under the new covenant, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 11 and 12, the Bible teaches that we were created for each other. Now in, the, in, the, in creation, the woman was created for the man. Because God said, it's not good for a man to be alone, I'll make him a helpmate. But both Adam and Eve sinned. It wasn't just Eve that sinned, and it wasn't just Adam that sinned, Both Adam and Eve sinned, and that changed things. And that changed things. And and we'll get into that a little bit later, okay? So I want to say it like this. In creation, the woman was created for the man. Under the New Testament, the Bible teaches us here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 11 and 12, that the woman was created for the man, and the man was created by the woman, and all of this. And the Bible says, and the key here, is the Bible said that they were created in the Lord, and they are of God. So when it says, in the Lord, look at verse number 11 there. Go back to verse number 11. Okay? It says, Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man, in the Lord. He was not the Lord at creation. He was the Son of God. He became the King of kings and the Lord of lords on Calvary. So this little phrase here in the Lord lets me know that we have transitioned covenants. From old covenant to new covenant. Does that make sense? Okay, in the Lord. And then it goes on and then just to kind of underscore it and underline it in verse number 12, the Bible says that all things are of God. So let me say it like this. Man was created for the woman. Woman was created for the man. And let me say this. And marriage was created for God. Marriage was created for God. Now, why did God want marriage? It's real simple. You'll never find anything in Scripture that God wants us to understand that is complicated. In fact, the Bible addresses that when the Bible says that we need to be aware, be be very, uh, very... uh, We need to be careful when people come to us and try to complicate the things of God because the Bible says they're simple. They're simple. In fact, Paul said, If I or an angel from heaven come teaching any other thing that we've taught you, let him be accursed. And he was talking about the simplicity of the gospel. The reason God wanted marriage is very simple. God wanted a family. God wanted a family. That's why God created marriage. He created man for the woman and woman for the man so that they could procreate and put together a perpetual race of family for God. The family of God. Worshippers. People that would fellowship with Him. People that would do kingdom business. Now, let me say this. Marriage changes you. I said, marriage changes you. Touch your neighbor and say, marriage will change you. Come on. Tell tell a single person right now. Marriage will change you. Find a single person. 
<laughs> Marriage will change you. So with this, so with this foundation kind of laid, let's kind of get into this, and I'm going to work very, very hard to stay out of trouble while I'm preaching this today. Okay. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 18. The Bible says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helpmate for him. This is the first thing. Now notice in the Scripture, everything that God did, the Bible said, and God said that was good. This is the first thing that God said was not good. The first thing that God said was not good in creation, and the only thing that God said was not good in creation, was that man would be alone. So God was not saying that man was not good. God was saying that loneliness is not good. How many can attest to that? Loneliness is not good. God's work is always good. So Adam was not imperfect. Get this, men. Adam was not imperfect. Adam was incomplete. So we're not completed until we're married. Men are not completed until they're married because men need a lot of help. Right? Right? Now, let me, let me say something about, about um, Donna and I here just a little bit, okay? And I'm going to try to stay out of trouble. Donna can do 50 things all at once. I'm not that talented. I'm categorical. I can do one thing. Don't come to me telling me 15 other things that needs to be done while I'm trying to complete the task I'm on. Because I'm going to get it all confused and nothing's going to get done. Leave me alone when you see me nearing the end. Come and give me one thing to do. Come on, man. Are you with me? Tops maybe two. I already know the list that has to be done. I already know that list exists. I know it's on paper somewhere, but I also know it's in your head. Okay? I have to go to that list and say, what do I need to do next? Because I'm a man. And I have to stay categorical. Listen, if it wasn't for women, we wouldn't get anything done. All we would get done would be the task at hand. We would get that task done, and then we'd look around, and whatever popped up, that's what we would work on. And then whatever popped up next, that's what we would work on. We need women to help us keep it organized and put together. So Adam was... The point that I'm trying to make is this. Adam was not imperfect... He was incomplete. He needed his wife. He needed a woman and God knew that. Why? Because Adam was naming stuff and he did it all by himself and he come up with things like Tyrannosaurus and elephant and, you know, I mean, if it would have been a woman, it probably would have been a prettier name. If he would have had a little counsel, probably would have had a prettier name for some of those things. God knows that he needs companionship. God knew he needed companionship. God knew he needed help. And so what God was saying was the thing that is not good is that you are lonely. 
that you are alone. And so what did God do? God gave him a wife, and then the Bible said God looked and God said, this is not only good, but it's very good. And that's after God had given him his wife. So God knows that we need companionship, and God knows that he has provided that answer for companionship. Now listen to me, young people. Please listen to me, young people. Young people that are not married, older folks that are not married, all of you guys listen to me. Single people, listen to me, okay? Listen. Wait on God for your mate. Say it again. Wait on God for your mate. Why are you doing that, Pastor? So you'll remember it. Wait on God for your mate. I'm getting in trouble, but I have to say it. Just because you're pregnant doesn't mean you have to get married. Just because you're a woman carrying uh, the gift of life inside of you does not mean you have to get married. Just because you're a young man and you guys got in a compromising position and something happened, does listen... Marriage is for life. That's how God intended it. It doesn't always happen that way, but the intention of marriage, God's intention for marriage is for life. So listen, wait on God for your... But I don't want to be an old maid or I don't want to be an old miser. I don't want to live my life all by myself. And the Bible said it's not good for me to be alone. Let me tell you something. There's only one thing worse than being alone and that's being in covenant with the wrong person. So be careful about that, okay? Second thing, Genesis chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. Here's what the Bible says. Let's keep going here, okay? Out of the ground, God said it's not good for man to be alone. So out of the ground, God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name of that creature. And Adam gave names to cattle and to the fowl of the air and to the beast of the field. Uh, But for Adam, there was not found a helpmate for him. And so Adam began to realize what God already knew. God knows our needs better than we do and God knows our needs before we know we need those things. And so God was already working on something. God had Adam naming all the creatures and the assignment that God gave to to Adam was so that he would come to the realization that he actually needed some help. That he actually needed a mate. That he actually needed someone to walk with him because after all, the cattle, there were bulls and heifers and, and, and the fish, there was men fish and women fish and I, whatever you call them. I don't know what you call them. But anyways, there was male and female. And Adam, here he is. He's taking care of all of these things for God. God's bringing all these things to him. He's naming all of this stuff and all this stuff is just going on and on and on and on. And all of a sudden, Adam just starts looking around and he's thinking, man, my goodness, there's two there and there's two there and there's two there and there's two there and there's two. But I'm all by myself. I can relate to that. I'm driving down the road. I'm going across a very lonely road, the Trans-Canada Highway. I'm all by myself. I'm in my 1984 Mercury Lynx. I'm single. 
I'm traveling the world working for Jesus and when I'm in the pulpit and under the anointing everything is wonderful and everything is great and when I'm praying for people and the power of God's coming down all that kind of but there's going to come a time when everybody's going to go home and the lights are going to go out and I'm going to have to go back to that motel room all by myself. I got tired of that pattern. So I'm driving along the Trans-Canada Highway and I'm talking to the Lord and I look over to that seat that's sitting over there, the passenger seat, and it's empty and I'm about 19 or 20 years old and I said, Lord, I sure would like for you to fill that seat. He said, what do you want? (laughs) You've heard the story before. I'm not going down that road again. (laughs) I told the Lord what I wanted and I got it. God knows that it's not good for us to be alone it's okay for you to pray and ask God for what you want. Now, forget the tall, dark, and handsome stuff, okay? Forget the 36, 24, 36 stuff. Forget that. I'm talking to guys now. Forget all that stuff and say, Lord, I need someone that completes me. I need someone that completes me. Okay, so God created a holy way a holy way for us to express this unity, and that way was called marriage. Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 through 22, we go on. The Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. I am old-fashioned enough to believe that there is someone who was made for me. And I'm also old-fashioned enough to believe that I was made for someone else. And when the fit comes, there's unity and there's harmony. Now let me go back to what I was saying just a few moments ago to the single people. Wait on God for your mate. If you miss it, as a guy, if I miss it, I mess it up for who my wife was supposed to be. Have you thought about that? Marriage is a sacred institution that was created by God and I'm convinced that that's why there is so much divorce and remarriage is because the Bible says whatever God has joined together let not a man tear asunder and there's a whole lot of people that are being joined together that is not the activity of God joining them together. And if God joins you together, then there's not a man on the face of this earth that can tear you apart. But if it wasn't God, and of that rib, God made a woman. Creation is constantly under fire. One of the most challenged doctrines in the Bible is the doctrine of creation. Creation has been under attack for a long time. Creation is an attack against the Word of God. It's an attack against the person of God. It's an attack against the gospel. And it's an attack against the family. Creation has been under attack for a really, really, really long time. God created one man 
for one woman for the purpose of intimacy and procreation so they could participate in marriage for God so that they could produce for God a family. And creation, there are people coming along saying, okay, I got to do this. There's people coming along saying, well, I'm a woman inside, but I just have male parts. God's not that stupid. God don't make mistakes. He doesn't mess up. He didn't say, whoops, cook that one a little bit longer. It didn't come out the way it was supposed to. That's not what God does. Creation has been under attack. They, they, they attack us because of evolution. They say we came from a monkey. You know, I've seen a few people that I thought were descendants from monkeys, but most people are not <laughs> descendants from monkeys. <laughs> I want you to think about this. I really want us to be thinking about this, okay? Listen, creation has been under attack. And this transgender, transsexual attack that we are experiencing in our culture today is just another form of attack against creation by the same spirit that tried to challenge creation and replace it with evolution. Now, God's diversity in creation is is found in Genesis chapter 1 Verses 26 through 31. Go to the left. I know you're in Genesis chapter 2. But go to Genesis chapter 1. And we're just going to dig into this a little bit more. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image. Now for those of you, that, for, those of you for, the, for the people that believe that we came from a monkey and all of that kind of stuff, the Bible said let's make man in the image of God. And I want to submit to you that God is not a monkey. Okay? God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now in the Hebrew, this literally means that God created a corresponding one, not an identical one. And the Hebrew word for that is ish. So it's a corresponding one, not an an identical one. And so God blessed them. Who did He bless? The male and the corresponding one, not the identical one, the female. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the face of the earth. Now, a man and a man cannot procreate. And a woman and a woman cannot procreate. Therefore, it is impossible for them to live up to the first major mandate to humanity that God gave them at creation. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. God intended this 
for marriage. All right. This key looks like a key, right? It looks absolutely nothing like this lock. Am I telling you the truth? Looks absolutely nothing like this lock. This is a key, and this is a lock. Without the key, the lock don't work. But if you take them and put them together, you can unlock it, and it works. Now, if I say, I'm tired of being a key. I want to be a lock. and you get another lock, you're never going to get it unlocked. You know why? Because the lock wasn't made for another lock. It was made for the key. So when you work it like it's supposed to work, like some marriages I know, right there. <laughs> Dr. John, you're going to have to work on this because I don't know if it's me or the anointing. It's already messed this thing up. <laughs> Male and female created he them. You got it? You see it? When you go to your shed and unlock your padlock, depending on what you are, you can say, thank you, Lord, I'm a man, or thank you, Lord, that I'm a woman. Now, why would God do this? Because God knew that the man and the woman were created for each other but in order for them to be for each other and to complete each other, there had to be incompleteness in each area. Okay? So God created Donna for me, and God created me for Donna. God created Donna for me because she knows I'm a mess, and God created me for Donna because he wanted her to be married to me. I don't know what else to say. Could have gotten in trouble real easy right there. We were going down the road one day, and I'm like, good job, God. And she reached over and smacked me. I said, honey, if I would have never been able to recognize beauty, I would have never saw you. Oh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so God creates the man. God creates the woman. God creates the institution of marriage, which is the covenant of marriage. And the purpose of that, God made man for the woman, God made woman for the man, God made marriage for God. And the purpose of that was for them to walk in intimacy and procreate and put together a perpetual family, make a perpetual family for God. A family of worshipers, a family of people that would fellowship with Him, a family of people that would enjoy community with one another and just enjoy being God's people. Now, 
God did not do it for man and man and woman for woman because he realized that in man there is completeness and in woman there is completeness. And when they get together, that creates a complete relationship which, which produces offspring and it takes the incompleteness of the man and the incompleteness of the woman both interjecting into the offspring in order for that offspring to learn how to relate and cohabit with the other. That's why two men raising children or two women raising children, well, I have two mommies or I have two daddies, doesn't work because you have two incomplete things working, trying to create a whole, and it's impossible because the other part of the whole is missing. Now, (laughs) there's nothing compassionate about... I'm going to take this a little farther, okay? I I might even get some hate mail on this. Some more hate mail. Okay. There is nothing compassionate about denying a child a mother. And there is nothing compassionate about denying a child a father. Two homosexual men raising a child is denying that child the nurture of a mother. And no, sir, one of you is not the woman. And there's nothing compassionate about two lesbian women raising a child and trying to create wholeness. They can't do it. One of you is not the man. I don't care how you cut your hair and how you dress, you're still a woman. God made you that way. You know why? Because He thought you would be beautiful that way. He made you that way because He loved you. If God wanted you to be a man, He would have given you men equipment. If God wanted you to be a woman, He would have given you women equipment. That's what He would have done because God is interested in creating unity, oneness, and wholeness. (laughs) So, God looked at Adam and said, There's just one gender here. And that's not good. Now we're back, aren't we? Genesis chapter 2. We're back there, aren't we? God looked at Adam and said, this isn't good. There's there's just one gender. He's lonely. This is not good. And, and, And now that he made a woman and presented that woman to Adam and got Adam's attention, Adam said, well, man. When he did that, now... All of a sudden, God said, that's very good. God was saying, I don't want it to be just men. And I don't want it to be just women. I want them to be together in holy matrimony. Now, be thankful. I'm taking this a little bit farther. Be thankful that we live under grace. Because look what happened under the law. In Leviticus chapter 20 and verse number 13. If there's a man who lies with a man as those who lie with a woman, both of them have done a detestable act and they shall surely be put to death and their guilt is upon them. That's under the law. Thankfully, we live under grace. Thankfully, we live under grace. So God says, I'm going to take this woman. I'm going to make her. I'm going to take this Adam's rib. 
I'm going to form and fashion this beautiful specimen. And I'm going to present her to Adam. And so Adam wakes up from this long sleep. Got a little pain in his side, but he's okay. He wakes up from this sleep. And here, walking through the mist, is this beautiful specimen that God created in his image because God is complete. In his image and after his likeness, and he presents her to him to complete him. Now let me say this. Your God-given, and that's the key, God-given, your God-given spouse from God is your precious gift from God to you. It's not a mistake. It's not a gag gift. If I was God, I'd be doing some gag gifts, but it's not a gag gift. It's not a gag gift. She's your gift. She's your gift from God. Now, now listen. I told David right before church, I said, whether a man ends up with a goose egg or a nest egg largely depends on (laughs) what kind of chick he marries. (laughs) Pastor joke. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 23, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. So Adam says, She's like me, but she's different. So she is mankind, but she's different. Proverbs 31 is a great uh, passage of Scripture if you want to go there later. Listen, when you were married, you, you, we, and, and so he started to appreciate her. When you first got married, when you were dating, when you first got married, you used to open the door for her. I'm talking about appreciating your spouse now. You used to open the door for her. Now she's just praying to God she can get in the car before you take off. I don't mean to embarrass her, but my mother fixed my dad when it came to that. She just sat in the car. He opened the door for her. He used to open the door. He took off, went in the house one day. She just sat there. <laughs> My sweet little mama. You remember doing that, mama? Yep, she does. She's shaking her head. <laughs> she did because he would open the door for her, shut the door for her, and all this kind of stuff. So he gets out. He goes inside. He didn't open the door for her, so she thought, well, maybe I'm just not supposed to go in there. I'm just going to sit right here. And so she sat right there in the car until he finally figured out he needed to go open the door for her. And Dad still, to this day, after 50 years of marriage, is that how many years? After 52, huh? 51 years of marriage, still opens and shuts the door for my mother. Amen. Now, Many marriages, and I'm talking about appreciation here, many marriages can be strengthened by a simple thank you. If she's your gift from God, you need to treat her like that's what she is. Uh, One lady made this statement. She says, I don't want my husband to treat me like a queen. I just want him to treat me as nice as the strangers he meets. Somehow through the years, 
as we grow together and we start working together and we have our ups and our downs and our all-arounds and, and, you know, uh, let's just be real here, okay? And sometimes we have our fights and our, you know, knock-down, drag-out fights and all this. If you don't watch it, you can lose the intimacy. Listen, marriage takes work. You've got to work on it. You've got to work on it. You've got to keep opening the door. Sometimes Donna will still keep sitting in the car. Many times she'll open the door. She's a little more independent than my mother. Sometimes she don't want me opening the door. I'm finding out as she gets older, she wants me to open the door more. I think that's because I help her out now. When she, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. And when I'm at the gym on leg day, she's the one that needs to be helping me out of the car. I don't need to be. Isn't that right, Pastor Josh? Preach. Amen. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 24. Here's what the Bible says. Therefore... In other words, I made her for you. I made you to complete each other. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And the Bible said they shall be one flesh. God orders marriage. God defines marriage. God sets, uh, establishes marriages, marriages. He sets the rules for marriage. He regulates marriage. And the Bible said in Mark chapter 10 and verse 9 in the Amplified what therefore God has united or joined together, let not man separate or divide. So marriage was God's idea. It was ordained by God. It was put together by God. Marriage was meant to set your life in order. To set your life in order. I'll never forget, I have a friend who pastors here in the States. I'm not sure. He's pastored several churches. I'm not sure what church he's at now. But... Um, uh, I remember when he first got married, he told me, he said, I'm complete now. I can relax. And buddy, that guy needed to be complete. He needed somebody to come and, and help him. And, and what happened was when, when Karen came into Darren's life, she brought order. That unity, that completeness brought order. I want every man to look at his wife right now and say, baby, I need you. Come on, tell her. Come on. And I want every wife to look at your husband and say, I appreciate you. <laughs> Genesis 2, 24 through 25. The Bible said, And they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Marriage, God's way, is beautiful. So God created the man for the woman. He created the woman for the man. He created marriage for himself. And he did this so that we could provide him a family. I want every, every person, every single person, every married person to look at two or three people around you and just tell them you are part of God's family. Just tell them. You're part of God's family. So in closing today, so in closing today, I hope this, this is kind of the inaugural message in these five messages. I hope that it's helped I've, I've dealt with a few things and, and I hope that it's, it's been very clear to you what I've been trying to teach you today.
But it all comes down to all of us having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It all comes down to us being God's family. And through redemption, through Calvary, through the cross, God made it possible for you and I to come into fellowship with God. Listen, I'm, I'm thankful for my wife, but I'm also thankful for the God who made her. And marriage, just like life, is a triune exercise. It's the man, the woman, and God. And as long as we keep God and what He wants in the middle of our life, then we can have peace and harmony. When what I want becomes more important than what God wants, or what Donna wants becomes more important than what God wants, then disunity and disruption is the result. That's why, young lady, you should be so lost in God that a young man has to seek God to find you. And that's why, young man, you shouldn't be out there on the prowl, but you should be praying and asking God to send you the lady that will complete you. Because marriage is holy. It's not dating, it's marriage. Marriage is holy. It's sacred. It's the process of divine completion. And God loves us enough to not want us to be alone. Now listen, some of you single people, this this message is for you as much as it is for any married person in this place. Because I want you to begin praying that God will send you your completer. Quit praying that God will just give me a wife or give me a husband and pray that God will send you your completer. I told my little daughter sitting right there on the front row during prayer this morning, I told her, and I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass her, I'm trying my best not to embarrass her, but I told her, I said, she said, Daddy, sometimes I just feel like the Lord the last few, month or so has just been drawing me and drawing me and drawing me. And I said, Honey, He's preparing you for your mate. And she's, I said, and he's preparing him for you. So when he draws you, then go spend time with him and let him work on you. And when this young man, whoever he is, I don't know who he is, whoever he is, and and I don't think she does either unless she's not telling me. (laughs) But whoever he is, I pray for him. I say, Lord, I don't know who that young man is, but you know who he is. And God, get the, get the rough edges off of him before I meet him because I'll knock them off. <laughs> Lord, I mean, you know, get the... And I pray God bless him. Seriously, I pray God bless him. God, give him a heart for you. Give him a heart after you. Say, well, I'm married to somebody that doesn't know the Lord or I was married to somebody that doesn't know the Lord. Just pray for them. Say, say Lord... Just bless them. Help them to fall in love with you, insatiably in love with you. If I can fall deeply in love with the Lord and Donna can fall deeply in love with the Lord, then he becomes the object of our affection and that creates communion between her and I. The triunity of marriage. The man, the woman, and God. Let's stand. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. 
For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number four, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.